Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I can only hope you're half as fired up as I am to be here today on the Brilliantly Dumb Show Tuesday release. We got an action-packed show for you. I'm Big Game Bob coming to you on your local airwaves. We got Jersey Jerry joining the show today. We're going to get into voicemails. And I have a golf story um, that I wish wasn't true. That is, and it is bad. And I mean bad to the point where it's hard for me to sleep that bad. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, let me remind you that the Brown Lit Up Show is brought to you by Roback at 15% off your first Roback golf apparel purchase. Folks, I'm telling you, these guys have the most premium of the premium threads. For those of you who've seen it on Instagram, me promoting it, these guys do things right. They do golf right. They do apparel right. 15% off your first order using promo code Bobby. Go ahead and spell it out for them, Bob. No problem. B-O-B-B-Y. 15% off your first rowback order. This will be the season of the bucket hat, I can assure you. I am hellbent on making sure that golfers all over the place, not just the old golfers playing at their local country club, I mean kids, youngsters, my type of cats, out there on the course with bucket hats. The Roback bucket hats are back 15% off your first purchase. Lock that promo code in. Now it's time to go dancing here on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Um, I played my first round of golf while talking business. You know, people always say you should get into golf so that you could, you know, do business on the golf course and all. The problem with doing business and talking numbers on the golf course is the way I imagined it. I got invited out by a CEO of a company that I really want to collab with. I love their stuff. I reached out to them. They have interest in me. We were all on a Zoom call and the CEO says to me, you know, Robbie, I'm a member at Hillcrest Country Club. Why don't you come by? We'll get after it a little bit, talk a little numbers and all on the golf course. I said, sure, not a problem. The way I imagined it and talking business on the golf course was we had caddies, very nice course, is that we were both going to hit the fairway. We'd be walking to the fairway, talking shop, cracking jokes, bringing out numbers, whole nine yards, caddies have our bag. It's hard to talk business when you can't find the fairway when you're nowhere to be found. We show up to this country club. He brings his two friends that know that I have no business being at that country club. We show up on the first tee box. I had been playing very good golf in rounds prior, so I was feeling very good. But we all know that first tee shot is devastating. There is no, it is the most nerve wracking tee shot, whether you're at a local municipal course with nobody watching you. The first tee shot, you stand over the ball, you feel like your life is coming crashing down on you. And that's what I thought standing at this first tee at a club that I had no business being at, getting ready to talk business and trying to close the deal. I hit a ball so far left on my first swing, as left as left gets. Now on that first tee box, you get the breakfast ball, which is the beauty of the first tee box. I tee up another. And again, my world is coming crashing on me. I have to hit the fairway, first tee shot, get the round going, show these guys, this kid's here to stay. He could play a little bit. Next shot, way left, way left. So we go down to my ball and the other guy, the CEO's friend, is standing to the right of me because he went left too. Not as far left as I went, but left. 
and he's standing there with his caddy. And the only way that I can hit this guy is if the ball doesn't go forward whatsoever. If the ball that I'm standing over gets hit the slightest bit forward, this guy is out of harm's way. He's standing in the perfect position to not get hit. This is the first hole we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I stand over my ball with my caddy, and I tow the living shit out of the ball, so much so that it goes directly to the right side of me, not the slightest bit forward, and it hits this guy directly in the shin. Hole one, hole one hit him directly in the shin. My round was over, ladies and gentlemen. Mentally, physically, I couldn't wait for that round to be done. I was abysmal, and there's just no bouncing back from this. I apologize to the guy. He could not have been nicer about it, which kind of made it worse because it made me feel even worse for the guy. I kind of wish he just snapped on me and got it all out of his system, but he could not have been nicer. I hit him directly in the shin, and that was it. Mentally, I was toast. I was done. I I couldn't see past that. It's like I had PTSD from it. I wasn't able to move on. It was the most atrocious display of 18 holes you have ever seen in your life. Mind you, I had been playing some good golf prior. I cannot begin to tell you how bad I was. And then... As the holes are going on, I really couldn't talk business with the guy because me and my caddy, Pilo from the Philippines, whenever a guy from the Philippines gives you a nickname of Pilo, that means he knows you have no chance of pronouncing his actual name right. Pilo, he used to run chicken fights in the Philippines is what he told me on the first tee box before he started giving me swing advice, which is just the worst thing you could do to somebody. If you want to give swing advice, let's do it on the driving range, not on the first hole from the caddy. And he did. And don't get me wrong. The guy knows a whole lot more than me. Pilo probably shoots five under every time he goes there. So I want to take the advice, just not the time to do it. I was a mental mess. So as the holes are going on, I'm just never in a fairway. So the poor CEO can never find me. So I'm in the woods and this guy's sitting on the fairway and we're trying to talk business just to squeeze it in. I screamed from the woods after every tee shot. I think I could really do a lot for you guys, Adam. I really do. He said, yeah, I agree. What's your demographic? What's my what? What's your demographic? Uh, I would say about 95% male, 5% female. We're screaming at each other because we can never find the time where we were close to each other. That time was never there. And I had to watch this guy that I hit in the shin hobble around the golf course for the next 17 holes. It was horrific. You ever see a duck with a bum with a bum foot and you feel so bad for the thing, whether you're out in nature on the golf course, you see a duck crossing and it's just struggling. I had to watch this guy struggle around knowing that I inflicted the pain that's causing him not to be able to walk. 
I hit him directly in the shin. It was horrific. These guys would be on the green and the bunkers were so steep that they couldn't even see me. It was like they were looking down Mount Everest trying to find where the fuck I was, trying to find my ball. I'm hitting it out of the sand. No idea that they're standing above it. Crossfire balls coming around. It was terrible. I could not have been worse. And the guy that we were with was phenomenal. Again, my type of guy, East Coast guy. But as soon as I hit that cat, that dude in the shin, my round was over. And me and P, the problem is too, uh, you know, it's so great having a caddy. It really is. If you're playing good golf, there's nothing better than having a caddy. You guys are walking down the fairway. You're talking about where you want to hit it. This guy, Pilo, just showed no emotion. Just a hardcore guy, worked 16 hours a day. Again, he told me straight up that he was running cockfights in the Philippines. His wrists were all banged up from it. Just ice cold. Guy doesn't break a sweat in the last 48 years that he'd been living. Could have been on the Russian-Soviet hockey team. Just no emotion whatsoever. This Pilo guy was dripping sweat. He was sweating like he's never sweat before. He was going all over for my ball. And I tried to tell him, don't worry about it. We'll drop it. He refused to give up on it. He looked like Jordan in the flu game without the flu. Dripping sweat. He had a towel around his neck. Meanwhile, these other guys are playing exceptional golf. I got back in my car. I couldn't wait to get back into my car. It was a horrid, horrid golf experience for me because I was a disaster. And this guy couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been better. Now, I hope we can lock this deal in, but I honestly think my golf game was that bad to where I might have lost the deal based on how bad my golf game was. We're talking that bad, ladies and gentlemen. I am still emotional from it. I am woozy from it. I have not moved on whatsoever. If we do lock in the deal, I'll tell you this. We will have him on without question. We will have him on the podcast and have him tell you folks just how bad it was. I ain't sugarcoating it by any means. This was a horrific golf display from Bobby Fairways. As soon as that ball hit that guy in the shin, my round was over mentally and physically. Ladies and gentlemen, in the meantime, we are moving on. All right, folks. Well, now it's time to bring in a young man from the state of New Jersey, a young man by the name of Gerard Gilfone. Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Gerard Gilfone, are you with us? Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Jerry, Jerry Diesel. Jerry, Jerry Diesel. Jerry, Jerry Diesel. Da, 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 da. Don, Bobby, hear me talk Bob. to the folks. It's been a little bit. We were happy to have you, Jerry Don. Talk to the folks. You hear me, Bob? We hear you perfect. Loud and clear, Jerry Don. Perfect. Awesome. Now, what's going on in Jerry's world? There's always something going on in Jerry Don's world. Tell me what's up with Jerry Diesel. Just been putting in hours, Bob. Blue collar. Lots of hours. I'll tell you what. Uh, I I think I think I'm the highest guy in a, in where I work, the utility company. I might be the highest guy in overtime in New Jersey right now, Bob. You know what's amazing, Don? <laughs> you you will never 
reject overtime. You were out to breakfast the other day with Rest Stop Rizzo, yep. and you're having a nice breakfast with Rest Stop Rizzo. You get called into work, and you head on right over there. No, Don. Yeah, you know, I sent I sent Rest Stop a, a message right after I paid for the breakfast to go. He sat down and ate, and then he took a lift back to the airport. And you know, I just said, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Kev. Uh, just nature of the business. <laughs> you know what I mean, Bob. Can you tell the folks, for those who didn't listen to Gabrielle Iglesias' interview that we had with him, could do you mind telling the folks how Rest Stop Rizzo got his name, Rest Stop Rizzo? It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, Rest Stop wanted to pretty much be a comedian, and he still does, and, and he does stand up. But this was during COVID, so it was a little bit different. Rest Stop had this thing. What he would do is he would go to the bus stops and the rest stops, and he would start to perform in front of the homeless there. And that's just kind of how we got the name, Rest Stop Rizzo. So he would go out in front of the homeless at rest stops, and then that's where the Rest Stop Rizzo name came from? Pretty much, yeah, during the COVID, yeah. So the poor guy had to take his breakfast on the go. Yeah. Okay? And we haven't seen you in a little bit, Jerry Don, and it's because you've been working, and I respect the hell out of that. But I got to be honest with you, Diesel. Mm-hmm. I, I missed you. I really do. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you know, and, and besides the work, I was handling a few things business-wise. And – uh you know, I think we're back now. You think he's back now? And, and Gerard, we're happy to have you back. The mullet that you got going is looking better than ever. Could you show the folks the mullet? That is really coming back there. Now, little Don on the way. You got a baby Jerry on the way. September, Are you yeah. okay with baby Jerry seeing the mullet as the first thing that he sees coming into <laughs> this world is Jersey Jerry's mullet? 100%. And not only is he going to be happy seeing it, but he's going to be happy wearing one as well. You want you want your baby to have the mullet? Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent. That baby's got no idea what he's in for, Jerry Don. <laughs> no, he really don't. He really don't. <laughs> now, let me tell you something that concerns me, Gerard. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. recently, and we talk about it a lot. That come NFL season, you're a devoted Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. When the Steelers are doing bad, or if the Steelers lose you will completely just shut off. Now, before the season even started, the schedules came out. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh got granted the number one hardest schedule in the NFL. And the way that you react, Jerry Don, is to shut off for the week. You, you, You shut off from the schedule. Will you shut off on Junior Don if the Steelers lose? I don't know. I, I could tell you one thing. I already made it clear. Sunday's my day. Uh, <laughs> Monday night football, if the Steelers are on, that's my night. Thursday night, if they're on, that's my night. Uh, she understands. Um, Miss Jerry, Jerry understands? Yeah, she understands. And, and that's one thing that little Don's going to have to come to realize. If you want to watch the game with me, you know, that's fine. But once you start crying, once you start having accidents in the pamper, you got to go. But Don, just because the Steelers are playing doesn't mean that you just shut off from Junior Don as a whole, right? You know that. Well, no, I know I get that. I mean, maybe not as a whole, but definitely for a couple of days, yes. Okay. All right, Jerry Don. But 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 you decided to just go ahead and just shut off. This is when the schedule comes out, Diesel. Yeah, well, you know, we got we got we got we got uh, bamboozled with that schedule. I mean, the last five games down the stretch is just miserable. And, and I'll tell you one thing: if if Pittsburgh doesn't get it done this year, they ain't getting it done for a long time. But 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 I'll tell you this: and, and you know, hopefully, Cold Cuts is tuning in um, to this episode. 
I can almost guarantee you if Ben retires and Aaron Rodgers sits out this year, what better place to go than a top five defense, world-class organization? Um, They already proved to people that they pay their quarterbacks. Yeah, they may not pay their receivers after they're done with them. Maybe they don't pay their running back after they're done with them. But one thing's for sure, they will pay their quarterback. And and what better place to go? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is built for the cold. He played in the cold. He can play in Pennsylvania during the snowstorms. He's used to it. What better place than to go to the Steelers with that wide receiver core, uh, a top five defense, and let's just say to Mike Tomlin, hey, Mike, it's me, Aaron. Let's go win one. If Jersey Jerry gets the notification that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, what does Jersey Jerry do? What does Jerry Don do? Listen, I lo- I've always loved Ben, and I've, I've always been realistic with Ben. Yeah, he's not the best quarterback in, in the National Football League. Maybe he's not even top six, top seven anymore. Some would say he's not even top 10. I get that. I respect that. But you got to understand one thing, and, and Nicky Numbers could attest to this. The numbers don't lie. They um, never have, Jerry Don. They never have. Big Ben is a proven winner, and he's a veteran. And, yeah, he probably has this year left. Maybe he has one more. I don't know. We'll see. Now he's got his running back. But I'll tell you this. He, he ain't done yet. He ain't done yet. He got unfinished business. Well, I'll tell you who's not getting the job done, and and you're lucky that that you've been working as much as you have, Jerry Don, because you quietly might be sports gambling's coldest gambler right now, Jerry Don. It has been a rough patch. The guy that we rely on, we can we got, and the bottom line is done. You've had the team on your back. You've given us winner after winner after winner. But there is no denying that the Don yes. has been ice cold. Yeah, I mean, ice you cold. know, uh, like as I said, even before we started, you know, that segment to get to 10 wins, uh, 7 out of 10 wins in the beginning when this all started a year and a half back, um, I did I did state that, you know, uh, I am a very good gambler. But, uh, you know, of course, during the journey, there's going to be some ups and there's some downs. And, and this is a heavy down right now. Um, and what can you do? I just roll with the punches like, like Evander Holyfield that bit, bit, bit Tyson's ear off or Tyson bit his ear off. Folks, we interrupt the Brilliant Dumb Show to let you know that the Brilliant Dumb Show is brought to you by Gumball. Let me tell you a little bit about the magic of Gumball. It's no secret, ladies and gentlemen, that the podcast advertising game has totally taken the marketing landscape by storm. And as a host, you folks, the audience, trust me to A, put out great content and B, curate sponsors with products or services they'll actually find useful. But the process of booking these ads isn't always simple. That's why I go to Gumball. Less complicated, lots of back and forth without Gumball, harder to curate, and it doesn't have to be. Gumball has made it easier for us to book ads so we can focus less on the back-end work and more on making great contact for listeners like you. Bottom line, Gumball makes podcasting easy. Make some money, get Gumball. We're on Gumball. So guess what? You can buy ads on our show by going to gumball.fm and searching for The Burnley Dumb Show. If you're an advertiser or a podcaster, have a look at gumball.fm, browse shows, discover new advertising options, or list your own podcast today. It's time to make some money with Gumball. In the meantime, we are moving on.
it's funny that you say that, Jerry Don. You teed that up perfectly for me because there's something that I want to talk to you about, Jerry Diesel. And I'm going to have Benny the Jet, our producer here, fire up your Instagram video. You sent me a voicemail as well that was beyond outrageous. Three in the morning, my time. Again, it's just been tough for you to, to, to figure, Don, that when you're East Coast, I'm, th- I'm West Coast, so I'm three hours behind you. So the early morning Jerry Don phone calls come in um, often. And, and this one was you extremely upset about what's going on with Britney Spears. Benny the Jet, um, if you could fire up Jersey Jerry's Instagram video, fire that thing up right now. Jersey Jerry here, long time no post Instagram. I was handling a few things business-wise, but I'm back. I don't want to waste much time here. I want to get this off my chest and get going. It's a shame what's going on with Britney Spear. She's a prisoner underneath the conservatorship from her father, Jamie Spear. It's sad to see, it's sad to watch the documentaries. I watch the hashtags on the internet, hashtag free Britney. Unfortunately, that's not gonna get this done here. I know one thing that will get this done, though. One thing that will free Britney. I challenge Jamie Spear to a celebrity boxing match. That's right, one-on-one. I'm going to crumple this motherfucker. And after I'm done crumpling him, maybe then Britney will be free. Okay, Don, th- there's there's a lot to meet for me to take in. I think there's a lot for the for the viewers to take in, the listeners to take in. First things first, okay? Do you find it, and I agree with you, with what's going on with Britney Spears has been fascinating. She gave her testimony about what she's been going through to the judge, and it's awful. I mean, she's pretty much being held hostage. So I get the emotion, the frustration. I totally get it. Do you think it's a little nervy for you to invite someone to a celebrity boxing match when it's questionable if you are a celebrity yet, Jerry Dunn? Well, def- definitely not, a, uh, I wouldn't say a celebrity yet. I'd say maybe a B or a C class celebrity, um, but that's here nor there. The real problem is, like you stated, and I, I stated in the video, she is in fact a prisoner underneath the citizen censorship. Um, so with that being said. Under the what? <laughs> the citizen censorship. So. As I was saying, after I was rudely cut off once again by you, um, you, you see now I lost track here. But but she is a prisoner underneath the citizen censorship, and, and, and it's sad to see. It, it's sad to watch. And Don, Don, I don't want to ever cut you off again, but it's a conservative ship. Okay, uh, it, yeah. It's- it's a. It's called the conservative. When ship. they got control over you, I've established that. I get correct. That. Correct. And, and, and like I said, um, you know, I don't really even didn't even really want to talk about this today, but um, here we are. But uh, I think it's time, Don. I really do. I think. I mean, it's- listen. It's okay. Let me put it to you this way. Um, you hit the mega mill, right, Bob? Let's say you hit the mega mill, right? Sure. You, you take a couple um, prescription medications and, you know, you're, you're not yourself for a little while. And, and your dad comes along and, you and you know, you're multimillionaire and he says, you know what, Bob, I think it's time for me to control your money. Um, and, you know, you're not in your right state of mind one night and you sign off on something. And, and now fast forward, huh, how many years later, 10, 15 years later, 
and you're trying to you're starting to get your wits about you and you want things changed and you just can't get them changed. That's a it's okay. it's all right, Don. It's all right, Don. I That's knew a sad you've story. Always, you've always been a Britney Spears guy. And when this came always. out, I said, you know what? This is this is gonna hurt. This is gonna sting Jerry Diesel. And I'll let you finish, Jerry Don. I apologize. Yeah, but like I was saying, now how would that make you feel? I, I mean, pretty much you want to go out and you want to make money, but at the same time, your money is not your money. Your money is Jamie Spear money. Um I tell you what, Bob, if they give me one round with that guy, I will do damage. I will do damage to that guy, but I'll crumple him. I'll crumple him. And Don, is this because you 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 love Britney Spears so much, or is this because you just the fact of what's going on, or is it a little bit of both? I mean, you've seen the shirt. I was support. I've been supporting Britney. You've seen the post last year after Tattoo Louie was done tattooing me. Me and him took the picture. I already had the free Britney stuff. This ain't nothing new to me, Bob. This it's ain't got- nothing new. It's, it's got to kill you. You were very emotional with me in the morning, but I got news for you, Jerry Don. I would think with the amount of publicity that this has around it, I would think that they would let, they would free Britney Spears of her conservativeship. And if that's they what, don't, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> you don't think she's going to, you don't think she'll be freed from it, Jerry Diesel? You know, I've read, I've read articles, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of research on this because I am invested in it. And they say, I think it's around 97 or 98% um, of the people who get the citizen censorship, um, they just they just don't ever come out of it. They don't ever come out of it. And, it, and it's sad, you know what I mean? I, I get it. It could be for old people or people who don't have their wits about them. But let's face the facts here. Um, Brittany's, Brittany's painkiller incident is pretty much, I think, over with. Um, and, and her prescription pill habit. Um, is pretty much done with it. And I think she has her wits about her now, and I think she should be released, but um, I don't think she will be. If she's not released, if she's not clear to that, there is something very, very wrong with our legal system. There really is. And I, I hope you're wrong, Jerry Don. I really do. And again, Don, I know you get very emotional about it. Could you just tell the folks what exactly a, a citizen censorship that you speak of is? Well, pretty much as we stated before, um, for all the people listening who don't know what that is, it's pretty much when somebody uh, pretty much controls everything about you, your money, what you can post on the internet, everything. You are, in fact, a prisoner under this person, which happens to be Jamie Spear. And uh, Jerry Don, before we let you go, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you this, okay? Mm If Britney Spears was listening to the Burnley Dump show right now, and you could say something, you could give Britney one message, mm-hmm. Jerry Don. What would that? What would you say to Britney Spears? I, I think I would say this, Bob, um, and I'll look at you how I'm going to be looking at Britney. Yep, uh, I'm Britney right now, Don. Okay, um, Brit, Jersey Jerry, uh, I love you to death. Um, I'm gonna leave you with something short and simple. You got one of the biggest fan bases in the world. We're all pulling for you. It was always hashtag free Britney. And I'll leave you with this, Brit. Tough times, they don't last. Tough people do. We love you, Brit. Don, you could not have said, said it, it better. And we can only hope that Britney is freed from the citizen censorship. Jerry Diesel, I love you. 
I'll go to war for you, Jerry Don. Feel better. Get back to work. Keep doing what you're doing, Jerry Don. And we'll see you next week, Big Cat, okay? See you in the funny papers. Clippers in seven. See you in the funny papers, Jerry Don. Clippers in seven, which is another outrageous statement after his Portland Trailblazer pick that he had on the Patreon for the Blazers to win it all. Um, Jersey Jerry, ladies and gentlemen, you just... You never know what you're going to get. You never know. But we'll say he's, he is, he is right about Britney Spears. Um, it's a conservatorship. Uh, so he's totally butchered what, what's going on with that, what the word is, but he's right. And I hope, I really, really hope she gets freed of it. I really do. If you listen to what she said, it's just, it's, it's sad. It, it's sad. She's truly being held hostage. So um, we're with you there, Britt. I know Jersey Jerry is in the meantime, we are moving on. Yeah, did anybody see that they're coming out with yet another Fast and the Furious movie? Fast and the Furious number nine? At what point do we just say enough is enough? Poor Vin Diesel looks exhausted. He's got to be hoping these cars he's driving just run out of fuel and they call it quits. They changed the name of the movie from Fast and the Furious 9 to just F9. Even the studio is sick of making these movies. They don't even want to spell out the Fast and the Furious anymore. You know what you do, John? Don't even bother spelling it out. Fuck it. Just treat this thing like a keyboard. Just put F9 on it. One button gets the job done. This isn't an episode of Friends where you could just walk into a living room and bang out 30 seasons. They got these guys jumping off of planes into trains jumping off the train into Lamborghinis. I mean, the the production team's got to be sick of each other. Hey, Vin, nice of you to show up on time. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Bill. Start the engine. What'd you got to get home for dinner? We've done nine of these damn things. My wife hasn't seen me in years. Some of these franchises act like we're just begging for more, like we're craving more. This ain't the Sopranos. We aren't begging for 10 more seasons. I saw Creed 2 is coming out. The thing about Creed 2 is nobody knows if we're supposed to call it Rocky or Creed. It says Creed 2, but we still call it Rocky. It's like Taylor Ham or Pork Roll in New Jersey. The box says Pork Roll, but a lot of us call it Taylor Ham. Nobody knows. Even Sylvester Stallone's got to be done with it. How about that? Even Rocky is sick of Rocky. I think Sylvester emptied the tank against Devon Drago in Rocky Four. What do they do? They bust him back out for Rocky Five and have him take on Tommy Gunn in a parking lot. Tommy Gunn was 25 years younger than Rocky. What are we doing to the guy here? And now we just drag him along for the ride? He's got nothing left to give. Whatever happened to just leaving out on top, Peyton Manning, Win a Super Bowl, just sail off into the sunset. Ray Lewis did it. He'd be in the sunset if he wasn't tried for murder, but you know where I'm going. This guy's exhausted. Let him rest. Let the Bruce Willis's of the world rest. Bruce Willis aged faster than Barack Obama's four years in office. Let the guy breathe a little bit. Let him get his change of scenery. Have him do a comedy, something lighter. You're wearing these guys out. They're legends. And we're just sucking the life out of them. 
Imagine if they had Brad Pitt film Fight Club eight, eight straight years. He had the film with different Fight Club. Now it's acting. I get that, but it is a lot of wear and tear. Brad Pitt would have no bone structure left. Take care of our legends. Treat them right. Let them get some rest. Tell Sylvester, hey, Sylvester, take this creed off. You're okay. You've already done 11 other ones. Take a breather. Vin Diesel, you don't want to show up for F9? No problem. We'll see you on F10. Treat it like an NBA game. Kyrie Irving gets rest. Why doesn't Sylvester Stallone? Give him a breather, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't get the whole Fast and the Furious thing. I called it quits after Tokyo Drift. I left out on top. I was very happy with the relationship that I had with Fast and the Furious. To the people that hung on, they can't be too happy. In the meantime, though, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving on to everybody's favorite segment, my favorite segment. It's the Ask Bob segment week after week, Tuesday after Tuesday. For you Patreon folks that get an extra episode of the Brilliant Dumb Show, Tuesday after Friday, get signed up for that Patreon. I tell you fine folks, file on into the voicemail, submit your live question to be featured for the Ask Bob segment. That number is 848 848- 281-7906-848-281-7906. Let's get after some voicemails, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Bob. Alex from New Haven here. Uh, I just want to give a quick birthday shout-out to Joey Coldcuts. You know, you've blessed us with having him be on the Internet and kind of feels like he's part of our lives now. So I'm going to you know, hit the ball back into your court here. Give me, outside of what we've already seen, and and we've seen some stuff, what is the best, or I guess the most memorable Joey Cold Cuts moment? Happy birthday, Cold Cuts. Bob, always a pleasure. Take care of yourself. Wow. Wow. New Haven coming in hot. Um, Really good question. Joey Cold Cuts, my sidekick, been a big, big, big part of the content. Um. Uh, of course, you see cold cuts come in just some outrageous golf outfits. Of course, that's always good. Um, there's so many. Um, I, I would have to say the best Joey cold cuts moment is me and Joey cold cuts met at the four seasons. We were working at the four seasons and it was Christmas time and they needed somebody to be Santa Claus. I went and volunteered Joey Coltcuts to be Santa Claus without him knowing and told him the week of, hey, by the way, you're going to be Santa Claus. And he wasn't he wasn't happy with me at all. He was pissed. And I said, cuts, you know, it'd be great for content. Um, just totally threw him out there. And they were hosting this big party and it was for kids. So the Four Seasons was hosting a big party for all these kids to come. There were food, the whole nine yards. Um, cold cuts comes and he gets the Santa outfit and with how pissed he was at me for signing him up to be Santa. I didn't think he was going to commit to the role as Santa Claus. He committed 110%. It's like, he just flicked a switch and watching him come out in the Santa outfit, knowing that I volunteered him cold cuts being in the Santa Claus outfit was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. And we go up to the party where the the Four Seasons is having it. I'm in my suit. Again, we're working. We're on the clock. But we're contributing to the party here. And I go up with cold cuts, and he just commits. 
and the kids are absolutely loving him. And any chance he got a break where there weren't kids around them, he would be stuffing his face with the buffet that they had. And to watch him stuffing his face at the buffet at a Four Seasons Hotel to see Santa just stuffing down pork loin and mac and cheese while he finally catches a break was hysterical. Um, And then there was also a kid in there while they were playing games. um, There was a kid in there who was being a little bit of a brat. You know, you could tell his family had a lot of money. The kid was a brat and he was giving cold cuts, a lot of attitude and cold cuts is trying to maintain being Santa and not blowing his cover. Meanwhile, I'm in the back just howling, laughing. There's parents there that are watching me crack up. Um, But this kid is giving cold cuts, a lot of sass and cold cuts is going around the room as Santa. And he asked the kid, you know, what would you like for Christmas? And the kid goes, nothing. And you could tell cold cuts was hot because this kid was giving him so much sass. Finally, he asked him what he wants from Christmas. The kid says nothing. And I just see cold cuts just burning up, just wanting to tell this kid off. He's like eight years old and cold cuts maintains the Santa voice and goes, well, aren't you the world's best little boy? And you could tell that he was so pissed and everybody in the room starts cracking up. I'm howling, laughing. It was an unbelievable scene. One of the funniest things I've seen Cold Cuts do. It was one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen. And if you asked Joey Cold Cuts the hardest he's ever seen me laugh, no doubt about it, he will tell you that it was from him being Santa. Hey, Bob, this is Scott Fisher, Farmington, Minnesota. Long-time listener, second-time caller here. Uh, just got a, I got a quick question for you on the potato the potato is underrated. Um, I don't think it gets enough love that it deserves. Uh, very versatile. You know, it goes with breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Hash browns, breakfast potatoes, mashed potatoes, scalloped potatoes. Uh, I'm, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, so I may be kind of biased, but I need your take on it. I think there's so much you can do with it, and I think it complements a main side or a main dish very well, especially if you're having a steak, chicken, pork chop. You know, I, I need your take. I think it, I think it needs more love. Uh, let me know what you think. Love the content. Keep it up. Happy to be part of the faithful. Talk to you later. Yeah, I tell you what, Fisher, uh, we're happy to have you a part of the Burnley Dumb Faithful, especially for the fact that phenomenal question. I mean, you nailed it. I, I totally agree. I just I think that we are so accustomed to the potato always being there for us that we're not necessarily there for it when it comes to to time to give it its recognition that it deserves. What the potato could do is masterful. You could do the potato for breakfast. You could do the potato as a side for dinner. Most of us do. The hash brown, the home fry, steak fry, waffle fry, so many things that the potato offers us. And to me, if I go to a steakhouse, it's not really the full steakhouse experience if you don't have potatoes on the side a steak isn't a steak without some potatoes on the side so i i just think what the potato can do um is truly unbelievable it keeps me going i'm a huge potato guy but there's a lot of foods out there that don't get the recognition they deserve if you want to talk snacks um i've been saying it for years now i don't think the cashew 
gets the credit that it deserves as a snack. There's a lot of foods that fly under the radar that shouldn't. Now, the uh, uh, cashew isn't as you don't see it as much as you would a potato, but just something to think about. Not enough people are snacking on cashews, I think, the way that they should be. Uh, we actually started the new episode of The Pantry Boys Myself, Nick Cassano, where we're talking food and nothing but food. I love to talk food, um, and it's a ball. So make sure you folks actually tune into the Pantry Boys Wednesday. Myself, Nick Cassano, he's a character. Um, we're colliding for the greater good, and, and that good is food. So give that a go. That's going to be coming out actually Wednesday. Thanks for teeing that up for me there, Fisher. Phenomenal take. The potato, you're absolutely right is underrated. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it here for another edition of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Make sure if you want more bonus content, if you want the weekly happy hours and extra podcasts, the whole nine yards, make sure you get signed up to our Patreon. Come firing. We're constantly on there week after week. It's a ball. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate the support forever and always. We'll see you next week.